take your scriptures tonight and turn to Romans chapter 1. Romans 1, verses 14 through 17. Verse 14, I am under obligation. That's our, we're going to do a word study tonight, and that's it. I'm under obligation. Uh, King James, New King James, I am a debtor. It's the same word. It's a financial term at times. It's meaning I owe a debt. I owe somebody something. Um, it also uh, primarily means I'm under obligation, which is the conveyance of a debt or some sort of thing that you are bound to do. But I think it's a good translation. I intend on using that tonight. I am under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians. And, and, and then wise and foolish, and literally it's unwise. And those are the same thing, Greeks and barbarians, sophisticated, unsophisticated. We might say educated, uneducated, upper class, lower class, wise and unwise. Very similar terminology used to describe the differences in social status and rank. So I'm eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God, dunamis, we get dynamite from that, for salvation to everyone who believes, everyone to the Jew and first and also the Greek, for in it the righteousness of God, which is the word righteousness is used 53 times in Romans, it's probably the main theme, revealed from faith to faith or one degree of faith to another as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. I put some slides up here to make it easier to cluster things so you wouldn't have to look it all up. And those aren't as, well, it's not too bad. And, and, and then I want to show you there are six usages of this word um, under obligation. They're not always translated that word that way in English. And so I've made it that way and to give you symmetry, so to speak. But it is the same exact word used. And let me read them to you. And, and they're on the board, so look at them. Because I want you tonight a little bit at the front to tell me what you, observations. If you were doing this word study and you were saying, let me use all the times in Romans that this word is used, let me show you what it's about. So the, you already read the first one. Now, let me see, see the difference in the verse 12. So then, brothers, we are under obligation. Think owing someone. It's a debt. A strong mandate. Not to live, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh, next verse you would find, but you can't live according to the flesh because if you have a lifestyle of fleshliness, you will die spiritually. But if you live according to the spirit, you will live. So no small consequences there. Romans 13, 8. Don't be under obligation for anything to anyone. The previous verse was about owing taxes. So you owe taxes, you owe honor, you own reverence, you owe, you owe those things to people, the government, the king, the emperor, and so, but as Christians, here's what you owe. Ready? That's another word. Here's what you owe. You don't, shouldn't owe anybody anything other than this, except to love each other. This is what you really owe. This is the, the debt that never ends. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. 15.1, we, we who are strong are under obligation to bear with the failings of the weak. And that means this, you can't do that unless you have a lifestyle that isn't always trying to please yourself. If it's always your agenda and what you want and what makes your life 
If that's it, you won't be able to fulfill this. And the last one has two uses of it in verse 27. For they were pleased to do it, and this is a financial one. Indeed, they are under obligation to them. And this is Gentiles. Gentile, Paul went around and raised an offering. And he raised an offering for the Gentiles to give to the Jews. And he explains why they were under this obligation. Uh, for if the Gentiles were blessed by the Jews because the Jews gave them the spiritual things and they gave them Messiah and the covenant, they are also under obligation to give the Jews material things. In other words, if the Jews gave the Gentiles access to the tree that has Jesus at, in it, right? And they gave the spirit, then the Gentiles should give back to them financial things. So there are a lot of poor people in Jerusalem and they were really suffering. So Paul went around to bring unity to the Jew and Gentiles. He made all these Gentile churches give money to the poor Jewish people so they could have unity, right? That's the point of it. Now, hold your, just keep looking at that stuff for a little bit and listen when I'm talking to you. Background, Roman society was a society that survived and thrived on the term obligation. Let me tell you what this word meant to Romans. Um, it was the society of Rome was built on the perspective of obligation. Everyone in, Roman, in the Roman world possessed rights and duties. They called them obligations. Okay? You had an obligation, and it was based on your rank and status. Okay? If you were a senator, you had obligations. If you were a slave, all the way down here, you had obligations. Everyone everyone in society which kept everyone everyone knew who everyone else was i knew you were up here and i know i'm way down here or you're somewhere in the middle like a plebeian or a freedman everybody based on where you were on the social ladder had these obligations everyone it kept everyone in line everything going straight and everyone and if you didn't do the obligations you were in big trouble because you're upsetting the roman society balance basically let me list some of them for you Children were obligated to their fathers. And in, in all the literature in Rome, they were never obligated to their mothers because their mothers didn't count. <laughs> That's the way it was. Friends were obligated to friends. Wives were obligated to husbands. Okay? Oh, let me move that. Here they are. Wives were obligated to their husbands. So keep watching this list, too. Notice where the list goes and what it doesn't go, okay? The directions, how it works. Think about it for a second. I'm going to have you. Slave, clients were obligated to their, patron, their patrons. Slaves were obligated to their masters. Freedmen were middle class people who were obligated to their patron owners. Soldiers were obligated to their commanders. Citizens were obligated to their emperor. I told you, in every strata of their culture... Depending on who you were, you had obligations. Make an observation for me, would you? Tell me what you see in that list. How Roman society functioned. Mike? Yes. That's the most prominent one, probably. Is lesser to the greater. Most of debt and owed things, obligations were paid from the inferior to the superior. Okay? That's normally how it went. So it went this way. Okay? You don't see fathers having any obligations to their children. Zero. Husbands, there was no obligation to their wives. Literally none. 
it was illegal against the law in Roman culture for a wife to divorce her husband. Completely the opposite way around for men. There was no laws and there were no reasons necessary. Zero. That's how it worked. Masters could literally have no reason whatsoever and they could have their slaves killed. No question. They were considered property. Your slave was no better than your dog. Truthfully. Now that wasn't how most masters worked it, but that was true. Soldiers were obligated to their commander. Citizens were obligated to Rome. Rome got you everything, brought you everything. And to be a citizen of Rome, was the, we would say like, like Americans at times feel like, you know, we're the greatest nation on earth. And you can't get any better kind of lifestyle than you can have in America. And everyone was obligated to that. And you fit in. That's why, that's why as a Christian, they didn't care if you worship Jesus, but you got to go to the altar of the temple and put the incense and throw it on the burner for, for Caesar because it wasn't just a matter of worship. This is a matter of civility. This is a matter about how our society works. This is about patriotism and keeping everything in order. So you, you can't worship Jesus in any way, shape, or form publicly that's going to mess any of that up. Those were obligations. That's what they were called. So a person could not move in Roman society, couldn't act without first thinking of what that would mean for their obligation. So you could not become another step up the ladder if you couldn't fulfill the obligations. You would have to stay where you were. That's the way it was. So what do you think? Can you say, think a little bit, what are some obligations in American culture? Are there any parallels? Say it again. Taxes, okay. That's, more, that's a law, but a lot of obligations in Roman society were almost considered that. Obligations. Cultural observations, yes. Yes, you're, you're going to pay your bills and your mortgage. You take that on. What about relationally? What about, I'll give you an example, I think, a small one anyways. When I moved to New Jersey 23 years ago, in the Midwest, where I grew up, when you went to a wedding, you brought the bride and groom a gift. But it was always a gift, like a real gift. I mean, a box wrapped up, something in it gift. I had never in my life heard of giving someone money in a card. Never heard of it. And then I thought, and then I found out, not only you're supposed to give money in a card, but there was kind of an expected amount. <laughs> that that was an obligation. And I go, honey, I just hope that we don't get invited a lot of places. <laughs> because going to that wedding means we're not eating much this week. You know what I'm saying? But it was an, it was an obligation that you go, hey, they're paying. You know, and I, I was told, first off, hey, you better give them $100 per plate. So if your wife and you both go... You better give them $200 all those years ago. I don't know how much. It's probably more now. I've said, honey, I, I, wedding comes up. I'm feeling sick. <laughs> but that was an obligation. You don't go. Imagine me the first time. I'm glad I found out someone told me. Because you imagine me walking in there and everybody's putting this card in a basket. And I got this big cookware set thing for $39.99. And that's all we gave. Oh, man. They would have said, hit the road, toad. You know, I've been in trouble. 
obligations. And if you don't do those things, wow, obligations. What else? Are there any other ones in American culture you think of? Yes. Yeah, I mean, isn't it? If you, you should be there. And, and tell me something about it. I'm giving you a hint. When you go to a funeral, I know this probably isn't true much anymore. What do you do? Yeah, the obligation really is that you should go to a funeral and you wear black. That isn't always true anymore. I mean, things are changing. I'm old, so I'm not exactly liking any of it. But I mean, weddings too. I mean, I don't know. You can wear stuff to weddings. I would never have worn a wedding before. But, but I understand. But there are obligations, right? Yes. Yes. So child-driven society, so there's a lot of obligations. Parents think they have to give their child the world almost, or they're really trying to keep them from every possible risk of everything, anything going wrong or having a problem or being unsafe in any small measure. That's true. That's, that's almost considered an obligation today. So, that, you know, we would say there are a lot of things that are like that. Now, now here's where our verse comes in. Ready? I don't know how much time left. Christianity came along, and the Apostle Paul tells these Romans there's a new set of obligations. That I know that you're used to relating to people and culture based on rank and status and the obligations that you've been taught by Rome and Caesar and all those people, and they said this is how life functions and this is how community works. And Paul comes in and says, I want you to rethink all of that. I want you to rethink all of that. And I want you to rethink all based on this, that the number one, first and foremost, relationship that you have obligation to is Jesus. That's the first obligation you have. That obligation rules all the other ones. So, you can read it there for you. It's a new obligation, and Jesus is it. Now, that's a question that you could try to answer tonight if we didn't do anything else. We all have obligations, right? Obligations that our kids should do all of this, that, and the other for sports or whatever it might be, right? All these things they have to be involved in, and they've got to have a resume, and they have to get to this and that and the other. And So we have all these obligations. Our culture says if you're a good parent, you'll make sure they have this, this, and this, and this. And if you have a good, and you'll have this. Not because any of those things are in themselves wrong. Problem is, when Jesus isn't the first obligation, in fact, he takes kind of a move down the list of obligations quite a bit because Roman obligations have superseded him. That becomes the problem. So imagine how revolutionary and, and I hope you read these texts a little bit more on your own. When you read this word obligation, you're now under obligation. I hope you read them as revolutionary because everyone reading this letter would have thought, you've got to be kidding me, Paul. Are you serious? This is how we're living? He would say, yeah. And he says, you know nobody else is doing this, right? And he would say, yes, I know. That your first and foremost, is your obligation is to Jesus let me give you the obligations mentioned here. Let me put them in categories that you can put to real life situations. The one we're concerned about, we may have to come back another time and finish these ones, but missions. When he says, I am under obligation to bring the gospel to everyone in Rome, Jews and Greeks both alike. See, Paul is saying, 
Let me tell you this. Under Roman society, you had no obligation. In fact, you had an obligation not to, to socialize or associate with people who were not of your race and not of your status. So Roman societies and clubs and groups were made up of people. If you were a senator, you hung out with senators. If you were a slave, you hung out with slaves. If you were black, you hung out with black people. If you were Italian, you hung out with Italian people. You did not mix any of that up. You didn't go up the scale. You didn't go down the scale. You didn't hang out with people who didn't speak your language or your ethnicity. None of that happened. When you fulfilled your obligations... You didn't do any of that. So when Paul says, when he gives the gospel to Greeks and barbarians, he says, when I go up the ladder, see, the gospel makes me go up the ladder and down the ladder. Scythians, barbarians, Greeks, he says, wise, and un- see, I'm going to people of education, no education, and they have understanding of God, no understanding of God, rich and poor. He says, listen, I go up, I go down, I go... See, that's what the gospel does. When you have a gospel obligation, it changes all of that, he says. And he's not, and he goes on to say this, and he had to say it, and I'm not ashamed of it, because it was a shame. It was, it was dishonoring to do what he's doing in culture. So he's, I'm not ashamed of that, he says. You may be, and the Roman people may be, in a shame, honor culture. You, you would say, oh, I can handle that shame. And that was no small deal. Everything was built off pride, arrogance, and your own shame and honor. And, to, and by the way, can I just toss this in? He starts out the letter, to the, which would have blown their mind. Paul, assert, and I'm not sh- I know because this isn't popular right now, but the word servant most of the time does not mean that. It means doulos, it means slave. He says, I am a slave of Jesus Christ. He wants you to know, hey, I'm not ashamed of telling you this, that I am on the lowest level, and Jesus is my master. So why does he say I'm under obligation? Why do I have a debt? Why? Because debts and obligations were reciprocal in Roman culture. If, you were a, if your master took care of you, you did what he said. Right? The master did this for you, and you did exactly what he said. That's why Paul had to argue with Philemon, right, about Onesiphorus, that he wouldn't have him killed when he come back, and that he would treat him with kindness, because he was trying to say, I know how Roman obligation is. Your slave runs away, you find him, and you kill him. He says, don't do that. He says, we're differently. We do di- things differently than, than Roman culture. So Paul says, I'm a slave, and I therefore owe a debt to my master. And that debt is that I gospelize everyone in every part of culture. Secondly, Romans 8.12, if you'll turn there real quick, I'm going to move with five minutes left, I'll move through all of these, I hope. Obligation also meant that you had to practice certain morality, ethics, and virtue. Watch this. If Jesus is your master and, he's your, and you're his slave, and he has blessed you, you are under obligation to not only do what he asks you to do in, in your relationship with people, but in your own life. And he says to them... In verse 12, so then, brothers, we are debtors. We are under obligation. What is that obligation? An obligation is negative, not to the flesh. In other words, when I came to know Jesus, earlier verses in Romans 8, verse 2 and on, he freed me. I used to be a slave of sin. Now, get this. Christianity is not a movement from slavery to non-slavery. It is a movement from one kind of slavery to another kind of slavery. 
It's a fra- slavery to sin, from sin, we move from that, to a slavery to Jesus. All you got to do is read the last 10 verses of Romans 6. And he says, you used to be a slave of unrighteousness, and now you're a slave of righteousness. You used to be a slave of sin, now you're a slave to God. It's not that we're not slaves anymore, we are all slaves. But now I don't do what I please, I'm not my master, Jesus is. He says that's what Christianity is. And when, if, listen, and this is why it's so powerful, please hear. Because if that's really true, you are no longer under obligation to live a fleshly life. How crucial is that? Listen to what he says. For if you live according to the flesh, listen to this, you are backslidden, you're kind of immature, you're not really a good Christian, you will die. What he's trying to say is this, if Jesus is your master and he has freed you and therefore you are under obligation to him, you better live like it. And that means not the flesh, but in the spirit, he says. He says later on, if you are in the flesh, you can never please God. You couldn't please him with your life. It's that serious. So he says, listen, missions, that's a new obligation. That I go up and down the ladder of society when everyone else around me would never do that. Morality, everyone in Roman culture, I just got a book, and it's hard to wade through. It's a book about describing all the decadence and immorality and horrible things about Roman culture and how bad it really was. It is just like America. And it says, everyone around you lives according to the flesh. Not you. No, you're, you have an obligation to Jesus. So you live differently. Thirdly, would be money, chapter 13. Romans 13 and verse 7 says, Paid all, to all what is, there's our word, owed to them. You have an obligation to pay what you owe people. He says, taxes to whom taxes, to whom you have an obligation to pay taxes. Revenue to whom you have an obligation to pay revenue. Respect to whom you have an obligation to be respectful to. Honor to whom honor. Because that was their culture. It was shameful not to be honoring to them. And then he says this, verse 8. But don't be under obligation to anyone for anything. In other words, here's your main obligation. Hey, in the world, it's about paying taxes, showing respect to leaders and senators and the emperor. And all that's good. He said, but let me tell you your number one obligation. Here's what you really owe everybody. You owe everybody to love them. That's what you, you owe. If you read about obligations in Roman cultures, some of them lasted for a day. Some obligations lasted for a little while. Some for years. Someone forever. And some obligations went beyond when you were dead. That your family had to continue the obligation. If you and your family were sold into slavery and the dad died, they didn't set free the wife and the kids. You had to pay it off. So after you died, they were still playing on your obligation. And here's what Jesus says. You know what your greatest obligation is? In Rome, churches of Rome... To love each other. To love each other. That obligation is unending. That is our obligation as church family here at Faith Baptist Church. Is to learn and progress and constantly be seeking to do better. To do better at loving each other. And lastly, chapter 15, verses 1 and 27. Remember what I told you about how it worked, functioning obligations? 
Mike was right. Lesser to greater, inferior to superior. Paul flips it on his head and says, when you're a Christian, that all changes. Your obligation completely is upended. And now it's the people who are on top have an obligation to the people who are weak on the bottom. See what he says? We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak. No one in Roman culture would ever say that that ever mattered. It didn't matter what people below you thought or what they did or how they acted. You had no obligation to care for them whatsoever. And the Bible says, oh, no, the opposite is true. The opposite is true. And here's what he says. Here's the model for that and not to please ourselves. Well, who do we follow? Let each one of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. Where's the example? Verse 3. For Christ did not please himself. But as it is written according to the psalm, the reproach of those who approach you fell on me. It says, follow the model of Jesus. Do you want to know how to love each other at church? you want to know how far to take it and let go of your rights and bend down and help someone who's weaker than you? How far would you go? As far as Jesus did. All the way to a cross. Nobody could understand that in Roman culture. That obligation was beyond comprehension. But with Paul, he says that's how it works in Christian society. That's how it works with us. So it doesn't matter whether it's missions, morality, money, or members in your church. And that we read the one about 27 about how they were giving to others. All of that was good. How do you do that? I'm done. One minute. You have to be a slave. I believe that's why Paul ties verse 1 in with verse 14 by using the word gospel in both of them. The only way, listen, I've thought about it. How, Pastor Walker, okay, how do I use my money like that? How do I really think of neighbors? I don't please myself at all. I always think about someone else and put that above me. And how would I ever feel like my, I have an obligation to my children and I have an obligation as a husband to my wife? Really? I have an obligation to other people in my church who are failing and weak and don't have it together? Yes. How do I do that when you admit that you're a slave? In Roman culture, slaves had no rights. They only, they only had obligations. But when you have to assume your rights and you have to be treated a certain way and you have to win arguments and you have to have it according to your plan and your agenda and it revolves around you, you can't do these things. None of them. That's why he said, you've got to follow the, the imitation of Jesus, who went so far to give up his rights that he died on a cross completely undeserving. He said, that's the biggest obligation ever. See, that's the kind of mentality, and that's why we, don't, that's why we need to take that into the gospel. How can I not give people the gospel? Do I feel, see, here it is. Do I feel the weight of that obligation? Have you ever owed somebody something and you said, oh, I, got, I can't wait to get this over with. I, don't, I hate owing them that money. I hate owing them that. Well, and you just feel, how, I just got to get. See, that's how we should feel about the gospel. The master has poured on us all of this, and now it's reciprocal. I need to say, oh, yeah, you've lavished me with such love and mercy. Now, see, I want to give that back to everyone, no matter where they are on the ladder in life. That should be my driving force. Of my, that's why I'm a debtor. I'm obligated. I feel it. Oh, feel it. Feel the weight of it. I got a chance to talk to Ellen. Ellen was at the hospital when I was seeing Alex. She was in the waiting room when we were in there talking to her. And 70-year-old lady 
crying by herself. And so we were about to pray, and we were holding hands. And I just walked over real quick to talk to her. I said, Ellen, are you okay? I didn't say Ellen. I had to learn that. Um, she said, no. My 21-year-old grandson had an asthma attack, and I'm not sure he's going to make it. And she was in tears, and she goes, Pastor, and she goes, you are the pastor, right? I go, yeah. And she goes, why didn't God just take me? I'm 70. My life's almost over. Why didn't he just take me? Why, why would he want to take a 21-year-old boy? And she said this, I quit in the Catholic Church a long time ago, and I just want to ask you one question. Is God still up there? So I got to stand there and talk to her a while and tell him, oh, he's up there. He's more than up there. He's down here. He's right here. And I got to get a chance to tell her about Jesus and the hope that there is that whether it was the 21-year-old boy who died or it was her death someday, that that's what they needed the most. But you feel the obligation. But not duty, not just duty, it's the delight of it. The delight of it because the master is that worthy. Amen? Let's pray. Under obligation. That's what we are, master. Under obligation. Oh, we can never pay back the debt we owe you. But we can feel the weight of it. Oh, we have work tomorrow. And not just the work that gives us a paycheck. We've got kingdom work ahead of us. Airports and airplanes and business meetings and lunch tables and walks that lead us past neighbors and people in the cubicles next to us. Father, may we not blindly go through a day without feeling the weight of being under obligation to the gospel and to the needs of the lost people around us, and to loving each other here at Faith Baptist Church. We fail you so much. Please forgive us. Help us to do the more that you might be seen to be worthy as you truly are. For Christ's sake, amen.